who did our intro today? Wasn't that super fun? Yeah, so a couple of months ago now, you and I got to go to Arizona and do a full day presentation out there in Arizona. And we invited all the people, all the participants in that session to do the introduction today. And so that's what you heard is everyone kind of giving us talking with tech a shout out. I loved that day. Um, I feel like Arizona was so welcoming to us and we had a room full, packed full of educators that were super passionate about learning about AAC. And we had some talking with tech super fans who wanted to take their picture with us. Um, It was just such a great day and such a great event. And we're just so grateful to Arizona for inviting us to come out um, and present to all of them. One of the things that I loved a lot about that presentation is, well, one, of course, presenting with you. It's always fun to get to present together. We had been able to do a full day thing at ATIA, but this was really kind of our first gig where we did an entire day. Certainly, we've done many webinars together and Um, But just being able to be there together and present together for a full day to a room full of people um, was great. It was great to be together. Yes, I had such a great time. And yeah, a lot of really great AAC peeps are in Arizona. So I feel like Arizona is definitely um, a hub of AAC awesomeness. Well, and continuing on to the theme um, from the last couple of banters, I will just say that uh, yes, there are some AAC gurus for sure in Arizona, uh, but the room that we were talking to were people that sort of m- were more middle of the road. Like the AAC is part of what they do. It's their their general speech language pathologist. They do AAC, but that's on top of what their other duties are, many of them, right? Um, and so that is always exciting to get to talk to people who haven't heard of the podcast, who have uh, who are not haven't realized yet that AAC is going to continue to be a bigger and bigger part of their career. They're just learning about it now. And so, um, so I think it's, it's sort of exciting to talk. I mean, it's certainly exciting to talk to people that already know about AAC, but it's, it's a different sort of excitement when you get to talk to people who are, you know, they're, on a scale from one to 10, maybe they're on a five on AAC rather than like the people maybe listening to this podcast who are an eight or a nine because they're always, um, uh, you know, striving for more and learning more about AAC on the daily. These people are learning about it on the weekly, monthly, or maybe yearly if they, if they, if this was their one shot for the year to learn about AAC, you know? Yeah. And I feel like for people who don't really know where to get started for this podcast, using our website, talkingwithtech.org, there's a search feature if you click on the episodes tab and that will give you, you know, any episode you want on motor planning or core words or Chris specific language system first approach. We have a whole blog, all blog posts all about what that is. And that has to do with our interview today, right? For sure. Uh, So today's interview is with Kim Hurley and Jessica Conrad, who are both from Indiana. Uh, Jessica is actually one of the people that works for the Patents Project, uh, which, again, puts on this conference that we're going to be going to, the Access to Education Conference. Um, And so Jessica had reached out and said... She's working with uh, Kim, who is has questions about the specific language system first approach. And so I was like, well, 
let's come on and talk about it because if if Kim is having questions, then maybe other people as well. And so again, we got in onto such a role that it makes sense to split this one up into two episodes as well. So today's part one and next week will be part two. Before we head into the interview, Chris, I have two Patreon members to shout out. I love when I have an email notification in our inbox saying, you have a new Patreon member. Um, So I want to shout out Casey and Maria. Thank you guys so much for joining our Patreon. If you guys are loving this podcast and looking for more AAC content, behind the scenes interviews and resource ideas, I oftentimes will share some of my paid resources for free in that group. Um, You can go to patreon.com backslash talking with tech. We would greatly appreciate your support. Um, That's how this podcast is possible because we have a whole team, um, Luke and Michaela, who help us put this podcast on every single week. And we, you know, would really love to keep supporting them. Um, So all of the support you give us financially through Patreon goes back into the podcast. So without further ado, let's listen to part one of my interview with Kim Hurley and Jessica Conrad. My name is Lance McLemore, and I am a team member with Impact Voices. AAC users make up a very small percentage of the population. We are scattered, isolated, and rarely or never get to meet anyone like us. This makes it difficult to impossible to have a community. Impact Voices helps to fill in that gap. Impact Voices is a non-profit organization who supports, empowers, and connects AAC users worldwide. Impact Voices connects AAC users together to empower them to make an impact in their community. Impact Voices creates a space where AAC users of different abilities and experience come together to talk, laugh, encourage each other, and enjoy the company of others like ourselves. For more information on Impact Voices and to get involved, visit our website, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Welcome to the Talking With Tech podcast. My name is Chris Bouguet, and I'm joined with not one, but two special guests today. The first one is Kim Hurley, and the second one is Jessica Conrad. How's it going? Great. Doing well. So Kim, Jessica, Kim, how about we start with you? Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and how this all came about? Sure. I'm Kim Hurley. I'm a an AAC specialist and speech-language pathologist with North Lawrence Community Schools in Bedford, Indiana. And uh, Jessica and I were tossing around some ideas for the Patents AEM Accessible Educational Materials Conference. And one of my thoughts in my head about, wow, what could I present on was um, basically AAC is UDL. But I don't really have a lot of data on it. I don't really have a lot of experience with it. But Jessica was like, that's a really cool idea. But you're right, maybe not for a presentation, but maybe we could talk about it. And so we were thinking of doing sort of a chat with other AAC specialists in the state through patents on providing AAC as UDL. Gotcha. All right. Well, let's, let's hold that th- thought for a second because uh, this is something totally I totally love to dive into. Jessica, can we talk a little bit about who you are and what you do? 
Sure. My name is Jessica Conrad. I am a specialist in AAC and early interventions, among other things, with the Patents Project. We are a statewide technical assistance center for accessible educational materials, assistive technology, and universal design for learning. So I cover all 403-ish school districts. Yeah, I love patents. You know, I've been a fan for many, many years and, of course, um, have gone to the conference and uh, have and then hung out with patents people over at um, uh, ATIA and all sorts of stuff. So um, I'm excited this this year um, we're going to be back in person for the conference. So I'll be there. I'll be there. Kim, are you going to be there? I will be there. Fantastic. So, so let me just make sure I understand. So you were thinking about having this presentation at this conference coming up in November, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you started having conversations like, so maybe it could be like a panel of experts talking about it, or maybe we just get like in a Zoom together and have a conversation. No, not at all, Jessica. I, I no. watched it. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I don't know if Kim wants to repeat it, but it's not the AIM conference. It's the Access to Ed conference. Too many acronyms in the world. So, um, But what we're going to do is just have a series throughout the year of just like, hey, in August or early September, I forget what we set up, um, just as part of our um, rolling out AAC initiative, connecting and networking you know, let's have a meeting. And then hopefully part of that is like, hey, are you going to the conference? Let's meet up and talk together. But um, just around topics that are of interest to those AAC leaders in our state. So this was just one of those things as far as what Kim was um, talking about as far as, um, you know, specific, oh, I forget what you call it, specific language um, implementation. I'm seeing... I I jokingly tell people or warn people, you know, the bias and baggage I bring into conversations is no one calls me when things are going well, right? Right. I always hear, hey, it's not working. We're doing this and, you know, it's just not going well or we're in a due process. We need your help. And so when I see people saying like, we are a LAMP district or we are, you know, trying to really buy into one specific language, I always hear how it goes wrong. So, um, you know, that's the bias and baggage that I bring in, but people like Kim who are really excited by this or seeing it, how it works. Well, I wanted to gather people together and have conversations around that. Uh, Excellent. Excellent. So Kim, do you want to dive in here? So what are some of your thoughts? What have you been thinking about as far as, um, uh, universal design for learning and, and AAC? So I'll, I'll bring it in with my lens. I serve primarily students in self-contained classrooms, um, K through high school. And I am new to the district that I'm in this year. I just changed districts. And I walked into this classroom full of K through second graders, most of whom had some verbal speech, but not a lot, none of whom were using AAC consistently. Um, And there was no support like that at all whatsoever. I mean, not even PECs, right? So I wasn't even walking into a, well, everybody here uses PECs kind of classroom. I was walking into, well, we'll figure it out kind of classroom. And I thought, wow, you know, mind boggling to me. Every single one of those students would benefit from some sort of visual language support. So I kind of was playing around with the teacher who unfortunately left mid-year with the idea of let's put in some just basic level supports. She was completely overwhelmed with the idea of implementing 
any kind of AAC herself. She had her way of teaching. She was going to do it this way. It was already set. I was new to the district. I didn't even start at the beginning of the year. So we didn't have a lot of collaboration going on. Um, but I kind of niggled it in there. I said, well, let's just try this core board. And then the district owned Proloquo. So I'm like, well, let's just see about Proloquo. Um, and it sort of went well. You know, some of my students were kind of taking on to this idea. So by about mid-year, when this teacher was retiring, um, I was like, no, I'm ready to really go full force here. Not because she was leaving. <laughs> I don't want to make it sound like that. Um, but because I felt like the kids were ready for something more consistent. Um, and we were also working through you know, what would be the best system? What would be the most robust if I had some kids who had to just use core boards and I had some kids who were going to use voice output? Um, and so we ended up looking at the um, touch chat word power core board, which is 96 icons is probably the most robust that we looked at that year. And the one that I think offered the most um, functional communication for these K through second graders. So we were going to go with that as our core board. And then naturally we were able to, you know, say, well, if you're going to go with that as your core board, you really need to maintain that consistency if we're going to transition to voice output. So let's try touch chat word power 60. Um, and it was really going well, but it was all me. It was all my work in the classroom. And so I want to continue with some sort of, hey, let's continue this program in this classroom as a universal thing. So everybody has access to it. And I'm not saying everybody needs a core board and everybody has to use their core board, but I'm saying everybody has access to a consistent set of symbols, a consistent set of you know core board support, language support, and everybody's working with this in mind as sort of a universal design. Right, Unfortunately, can... that may not carry over to the, my you know three through five and and middle school and high school students. Okay, bunch of follow-up questions here. So there, sure. something that is a little, um, it's not clear to me is the, the teacher, so it sounded like you implemented Prolo Quo to go and then the teacher left. When did touch chat come into play in the, in the scheme of the timing of what you're discussing? So I was looking at Prolo Quo to, to go because it was available. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, the bed director said, what else do you need? And so I was saying, I need touch chat too. Um, I wanted to look at a variety of systems. Um, and I did look at Lamports for Life as well with this classroom um, and found out right before the teacher retired, oh yeah, by the way, this student is supposed to be getting Lamports for Life, but he hasn't got it yet. I'm like, oh, okay, great. That's good to know. <laughs> so um, already I've got that little stick in there, um, but I needed something. These are really impulsive kids, really you know, they need immediate reinforcement. And I felt like they needed something more intuitive than Lamp Words for Life. I love Lamp Words for Life. I love using it. I've had great success with it. These kids, at least for a first start on a core board or first start on something that's going to transition to maybe voice output, probably not Lamp. Okay, let me ask you this. Um... You, you had sort of referenced the idea of a team together. And uh, so far in the story, I've heard you, I've heard the teacher, but I haven't heard the speech language pathologist, occupational therapist, uh, teaching assistants. <laughs> tell, tell me more about that. Uh, tell us all about that, that scenario. 
Sure. I'm the speech language pathologist. So that's oh, my role. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. And the OT and I, PT are willing to do whatever I ask. So if I say, Hey, we're using this, they're fantastic. They're like, okay, let's do this. Um, they were like, whatever you want to do. They're very hands-off. It's really, I'm, unfortunately, this is a district where everybody kind of works in their boxes. So the OT and the PT were like, this is what we do. You know, we'll work with your stuff. You tell us what to do. Um, the classroom staff, the assistants were phenomenal. And again, they were on board with whatever helps the students. So I have a lot of, you know, people who are willing to say yes, um, but not a lot of like, input in terms of they're all kind of like, well, whatever you think is best. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't like that. I want their input, but they're all like, oh, we don't know whatever you think is best. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and uh, here we are recording sort of at the, uh, the time of this recording is the early June. Right. And so you're thinking about next school year, like what we yes. could be implementing. And Jessica, your role is to kind of help Kim brainstorm through this. Like if Kim's feeling like everyone's sort of going, hey, whatever you think, Kim, we'll do it. And you can be like, okay, well, I'll help you think through it because I work in a larger number of schools and classrooms. And uh, I can tell you some things that have worked and haven't worked. Is that, am I, is that sound fair and right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So, uh, uh, so you're thinking of implementing touch chat as a core board for everybody next year. So not doing an individual evaluation for every individual student, but just you come through the door day one of the next school year, everyone gets uh, touch chat. Was it uh, with word power? Were you thinking 60 or 96 as the. So touch chat has a fantastic you know, and they, they have it available for downloads. You can get them from their vendors. They have a fantastic core board that's based on TouchChat WordPower 60, but it's 96 icons. So it's a little bit expanded. It adds those extra words that aren't necessarily on the homepage. So it preserves that homepage. And then around the borders has some extra icons that makes it even more robust. Okay. And so yeah. that was what I was going to say. Hey, let's put this up in the classroom. Let's offer this as something available to the students, that sort of thing. Okay. So that would be, um, in terms of universal design for learning, I almost wonder if a better term is multi-tiered system of support. So, you know, tier, mm -hmm. uh, tier one support, uh, support that everybody gets would be this board and a Right. I mean, everyone would get like a laminated copy. Like, is that, am I, am I thinking of that right? Yep. And then you'd have some extras for the teaching assistants, right? I mean, really, that's yep. really inexpensive, easy to easy enough to do. Um, what goes on the back? What were you thinking like on the back? An alphabet page, like a QWERTY keyboard. Gotcha. So we can start practicing spelling. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And then, um, like you're saying maybe some sort of poster or something that goes up in the environment. Again, as a tier one support, everyone could access that. I have function. posters. I am hoping that I can find a spot in the classroom to put one up. Yeah. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. So. Uh, um, now, but you did mention that there's a student in there that'll likely have lamp words for life at the beginning of the year. So this is one of the things people wrestle with when they're considering uh, a specific language system first approach is what you're considering here is that, well, what do we do about the lamp words for life user? So let's talk about that for a second. What are your, what are some of your thoughts? So this year when I worked, 
with my students. Um, I did sort of push in. It was more like pull out, but inside the classroom. And I would do my sessions with my students in the classroom. And so I had um, an iPad with TouchChat available for my modeling with my students during the sessions. But I also had an iPad with Lamp so that I could model with him. Um, and it wasn't a problem for me. What I perceive is when we, if we implement, you know, everybody's going to be using this core board and his looks different. Um, I didn't make the decision on lamp that came from outside therapy that came from, you know, his, I don't know if it was ABA or his outside speech, but um, I, what I'm concerned about is that he's going to miss out on some of that modeling because his is going to look different. And I'm not sure I can get staff to buy into, can somebody please model for him on his device? And it's going to look different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, all year I've been providing materials and supports and, you know, saying, okay, this is how you find the word on lamp. This is how you find the word on touch chat. This is how you, you know, sign the word. So I've, I've already been providing all of these multimodal ways of supporting language with all of my students. Every month, I or no, it was every week, I would provide a document and I would say, hey, this is what I'd like to focus on this week um, with each of my students. And here's the paths for finding the words. And here's how to find the word on the core board. And here's how to sign the word. And here are some visuals to support the word. So every week I'm doing this for my students. And every week I'm providing, hey, here's some ideas for practicing modeling with these videos and these books and these materials. Um, so for me, it's pretty easy to kind of move between systems, but I'm really concerned that if we are all using this touch chat and this poor guy is over here like, yeah, but that's not what I use, that nobody's going to be able to support that. For sure. Okay. So a couple other follow-up questions. So you're thinking of implementing this at the beginning of the school year. Has the new teacher been hired yet? Like, you know who this person is? I do. I do okay. know who she is. She was hired toward the end of the year. We were really fortunate to get her in for a few weeks. Um, and she will be, I think, on board with, again, she's very young and she's kind of like, well, I don't know anything, but I'm willing to learn. What do you think is best? So. Gotcha. So, so kind of an open book there, right? Mm -hmm. No, no prior experience with touch chat or lamp words for life. Um, it sounds like um, the people in the environment are open to whatever you suggest, right? Let yeah. me ask you this question. When the students graduate from the, from, well, I say graduate, they move from two to three, right? You mentioned the three, five program and then beyond. In your geographic location, do you find that there's a prevalence out there in the world? Meaning what will other teachers already be familiar with? Will they know touch chat? Will they know Lampards for life? Will they know Proloquo? Is there a, what will they, when, when they out, when they, when they're no longer with you, Kim, and they go off, well, what environment will they go into? Or maybe Jessica, maybe you have an idea about what geographically is used, so, but either way. Right. So I'm going to say they'll be with me. They're with me through the end. If I get them in kindergarten, I get them through high school. So too bad, so sad. If they don't like me, too bad. <laughs> They're stuck. <laughs> um, the three through six classroom will probably be okay with touch chat. My middle school teachers are super and awesome. But right now, my middle school teacher has, um, lamp, well, last year she had a Lamp Words for Life user, Proloquo user, and a TD Snap user. <laughs> so... And she's got somebody using the touch chat core board. So gotcha. 
she's like already into this. I, she's a little overwhelmed, but she's already buying into the idea of whatever system they need, I'm going to help them with. Um, and in high school, they've got some experience with Proloquo and LAMP. So I think they'll be flexible with whatever they come in with. Um, so really, I'm thinking if I can get something set in that K through two program, giving them some good foundations, carrying it through and then making adjustments and adaptations as students need. You know, my kid with LAMP, I can see how LAMP would be a better fit for him than touch chat um, because I think he'll benefit from that consistent motor planning. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can see how my students in those older grades benefit from the systems that they have because that fits what they need. So I think the teachers will follow through with that. Well, okay. So this all sounds like a great plan. The The only concern that I heard you sort of voice is that um, this potential one student that is already a Lamp, Lamp Words for Life user, uh, the teacher is going to have to sort of learn two systems, but that that's doable. Like uh, if we're really just talking about modeling, it's just finding where the words are in two different systems. Um, I, I will just, men- I'm curious what other uh, things you might be considering here, like other potential pitfalls or something. Um, but I will say this, I, 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 do, I do know students, um, whole classrooms of students, that when they were introduced to Lamp Words for Life, uh, and these students didn't know uh, cause and effect, any sort of consistent thing, but they used sort of the one hit on Lamp Words for Life, they did learn that as well. So, um, mm-hmm. meaning sometimes I feel like it's the adult that is like, Oh, well, this is a simpler system, but when the student is like, well, actually I can use whatever I'll use, I'll learn whatever you teach me. (laughs) Right. So, um, so, so, so I just wanted to put that out there that, um, that I've seen it work for, I've seen both systems work for students. So. Right. I absolutely agree with that. So. Um, okay. So what other thoughts or cause it sounds like this is the, the, the plan. And I could also see in the future that, um, that, uh, Okay. Hey, we've been using coreboard, touch chat coreboards. Uh, no voice output with that. Where can we get some funding in here? You know, how do we get uh, uh, iPads with touch chat? Right? Is that that was on our list of questions that we were going to kind of bounce around with our other AAC experts? Is so how do we make this go further? So we have. I haven't thought that far out yet. I you know, because I'm new to this district and because this is kind of a I get to I got to start fresh and new. I'm still working on the, just the bones of this initiative. So. Um, do you see any potential pitfalls that we haven't discussed? And then Jessica, I'll, I'll turn it over to you. Cause it sounds like maybe you have some experience here where people have tried to implement something like this and there has been some gotchas, you know? So Kim, just, but this anticipating wise, as you roll into next year, what are some of your trepidations? Well, and that's where I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. Um, I know what I can do and I know how I can support the students and I know that I can coach the classroom staff. I can coach the PT, the OT, all the other support people. Um, I don't know what isn't going to be working because I've never done this before. So like I said, I don't know what I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to trip up, where I'm going to have mistakes, um, where it's not going to be the best. And I'm also a little mindful of someone coming back. And I only know this because I've heard third hand um, that 
I'm not doing AAC evaluations for these kids, but then I'm going to give them a device. Is that really rational? Can you really justify this? Is that really the best practice on here? Why are you throwing this device at this kid without an evaluation? And I, in my mind, evaluation is kind of just it ongoing, right? So my evaluation is just the ongoing, are we being successful with the system when we're implementing it? Are we, you know, is this making sense to the student? And if not, then I do take a step back and I say, oops, that's not right. Let's back up. Let's try something different. Um, but I'm afraid that somebody's going to come in and say, well, where's your formal evaluation data? You know, you're asking us to fund this device. Where's your formal evaluation data that says this is the device for this student? Um, and I'm going to say, well, I guess I can conduct one, but that's going to slow down their access for another six months. So, yeah, instead, we've just, we've selected something. We've started to uh, collect data on the implementation of that thing. Um, and how wrong is it going to be? Right. I mean, like. Yeah. It's a, it's a robust system that has lots of words that you're talking about having the, um, the, uh, the, the keyboard on the back, right? And um, the, the, the only, the, the, a couple gotchas I can think of there would be access, you know, if this were this, but you would know that, right? You wouldn't be like, well, okay, this kid has an access, is not doing a direct select. Let's, let's look, let's maybe do an evaluation for this student. Or um, the other thing that I could potentially see is, uh, language, you know, okay, well, this student is, uh, has, uh, speaks a different language at home. And right. Mm -hmm. So maybe we need something that has, uh, that's Spanish or whatever the other language might be. Um, but you would, again, you would know that, right. And so you would say, okay, well, this, this tier one support isn't necessarily the best fit. So we're now we're going to do an evaluation for this particular student because we would need something that's different. I'd make it a, again, a tier three support, right? Is Absolutely. Yeah. And that's been my plan all along is that I'm not saying everybody needs touch chat. Um, I'm saying this is a good place to start. This is one that makes sense for the adults who model. So they find it easy to use and therefore they will be able to implement it better. This is one that makes sense to a lot of my kids. They're able to find their favorite words really quickly. Um, and this is one that they can implement in the classroom as a tier one, knowing that there will be kids who, for whom that's not the best thing and that that's okay too. So your progress notes uh, and plofs will be the, and your data collection will all be the justification later on. If you were thinking of getting a more, uh, oh, this student is really, um, uh, well, for whatever reason, whatever reason you're thinking this student needs voice output now and the core board, they need something. And I wouldn't even say it has to be an individual student. I would love to get to the conversation of like, what if that was our tier one support, right? Uh, um, right. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> right. Right. Um, but my point being is that rather than, than having some sort of, I'm going to put it in quotes here, formal assessment. Well, what you really are building is uh, at the time of this recording, we're coming right off the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard trial, right? So I always think of it as like evidence, like what evidence can you, are you, are you building? What's the case you're building? Uh, well, here it is. I have a whole bunch of evidence. I have data I have um, that we've been collecting. And if something isn't going right, 
let's get the team together and talk about it. I would, uh, one of my gotchas has been over the years has been, well, if something's not going right, it's probably the system. And I was like, no, it's, it's likely not the system that you chose. It's likely the implementation, right? We're not implementing it right. Um, so, all right, Jessica, what are your thoughts? Because it sounds like you have some experience here. Yeah. So like I said, nobody calls me when things are going well. I always hear, you know, things aren't going well or, um, you know, there's some legal situation. So you hit on a lot of the um, common things. Number one being oftentimes things that should have been considered as far as access were not considered for some reason. Blind low vision issues, by far, we have SLPs that aren't reading the functional vision assessment. And so they're attempting two-dimensional images for a student with a CBI level that cannot perceive two-dimensional images. Um, you know, lots of things like that. So providing a lot of support and resources for those folks who aren't familiar with um, supporting students with um, visual access needs. Jessica, um, let me just stop you there and mm -hmm. talk about that for a second, because mm -hmm. is that is that related to because of a specific language system first approach, or is that just in general? Like if That is in general. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess the biggest problem when we're talking about specific language first approach is I have a question around how long do you stick with this until, and maybe there's something to the idea of when you get that first student, are you reviewing all the documentation related to that student? Are you collaborating with all the right folks to kind of talk about, hey, this is our um, tier one, um, how we roll things out. Do you see any issues or concerns with rolling this out and making sure you're having those conversations with all the right um, stakeholders, including the family? That's the thing I don't hear a lot of teams talking about is, did you include family members in your decision of what this tier one looks like? There an important stakeholder in this. So, um, you know, so many times by the time they get to us, um, it's obvious that not everyone has talked to all the right folks. They haven't been talking to their OTs and PTs. They haven't been talking to their um, teachers of students with blindness and low vision. So um, I feel mm -hmm. like when we're talking about this tier one, there has to be some baseline conversations and really good teaming that is essential. Um, to make sure that tier one is strong. And that's what we're saying is people saying like, oh, we're doing this um, specific language approach or, oh, you know, we are a such and such district. We got everyone on, you know, this core board or this um, software. And two, three, four years later, they're wondering why the student isn't making any progress. And you pull out that functional vision assessment, you take a look at some other things and you're like, you know, you need to, this needs to be tweaked and this is how we can tweak it. They forgot about tier three. Yes. Right? They forgot that there was some students that might not, that might not be the best fit for. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Okay. And, and the other thing I heard you say there is involving the parents, right? Mm -hmm. So Kim, in what you were describing, I really heard you say you tried or you are trying to make it a team decision, but the, the other players are sort of saying, yeah, but we trust you, Kim. Is that? That is very much my experience. Um, the district we serve is fairly rural. Um, and a lot of people really, when they when they have a kid with a disability, they've also got a lot of other challenges at home. So they send them to school, trusting that the school is going to do the best thing. And that means for speech and communication, everybody at school is like, well, you're the one who knows. And unfortunately, I was brought into this position as Kim's the AAC expert. She's got 20 years of experience. She's going to do great things. And so now, you know, I've got this giant crown on my head and I'm like, well, but it's really not me. It's really everybody on the team. Um, and so convincing them that, yeah, I, 
have some background knowledge, but I've got to rely on you guys um, is really hard and just convincing them that they're part of this. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So Kim, I wonder if a strategy would be sort of, um, I, I don't know if this is even practical, right? So you tell me, but um, typically at the beginning of the school year, there's some, uh, there's a little bit of time where teachers are setting up their classroom, figuring out their caseloads. You have these couple days before school. I wonder if you were to grab the teacher, uh, the occupational therapist, the physical therapist, Jessica, maybe as a facilitator and uh, whoever else you think should be there. And Jessica, why not? If we could invite some parents to be stakeholders in this as well and, and sort of come to the table with a, uh, we're thinking of implementing a tier one system in your head. You're thinking touch chat, you know, but mm-hmm. you said, well, let's consider what are some of the things we'd need if we were going to put it in place and do like a feature matching, you know? So, well, we know we need the keyboard, right? Let's put that. I could see Jessica maybe saying that because other people might not come to that right away, but just like, well, we got to teach the alphabet, right? So we got some of the keyboard. Great. Great. Jessica, let's write that down first. What else? Well, okay. Um, we want to try and keep the, the the buttons in the same spot so they're not searching for those, right? Uh, great, let's put those down. Hmm. How is this going to work for students with visual impairments? Well, maybe we have a meeting when we know that the, the student is is not. So let's not let's maybe that's part of our tier one is what's most visually accessible. But so let's make that a consideration. But let's not necessarily rule something out if it doesn't, right? Just to have those conversations and have a plan of action. I could see a conversation, a meeting like that happening where then everyone leaves that meeting going, yes, it should be touch chat. Oh yes, it should be this, Lampwords for Life, you know? Um, how do you feel about that? What, what, do you, what do you think about having a meeting like that where maybe, I don't know, just leave it there. Why do you think? I love the idea. I would love to be able to pull everybody together and say, hey, here are some systems I've looked at. Here's what I really want to do for tier one. You know, are you guys on board? What do you see as the hitches? Looking at the classroom that I've got coming in, um, vision probably isn't going to play into this. So, but yeah, bringing that up and saying, hey, by the way, um, I think my bigger thing would be when we do this, kind of, they're still going to say, well, what do you think is best? You just do what you think is best. And they're going to be on board with, hey, let's try this. Um, But I do like the idea of, of saying, hey, by the way, this is tier one. So please, please, please be mindful of what do we need to look for as our hitches? What are the problems where you guys can't just get stuck in if it's touch chat, it's touch chat. Where are you going to be triggered and making them mindful of the fact that they can be triggered and say, this isn't working. So Mm -hmm. I do like that. Well, they might say at that meeting, like you said, just lean on you. But if by brainstorming the list of considerations, you could leave with some highlighted. All right, let's highlight these. If we don't see the kids that match this profile, because we've made a list of what the profile looks like, Mm -hmm. what's our process? (laughs) I like that. Uh, I do like that. Yeah. All right, Jessica, what else? So to piggyback off of that, so in consultations, when you reach out to patents, if you're one of our Indiana pre-K-12 public schools and you need that AAC help um, and you get matched with me as one of your um, specialist supporters, we go through what I jokingly call the eye doctor appointment, where we talk about like, okay, here's option one and here's some things about that. Here's option two. Tell me what you think about it. What are things that you like about it? What are things you don't like about it? And um, because I think especially parents, they don't know what they're looking at. They don't know 
you know, this might be the first time they've ever seen this software. And for a lot of staff, it's the first time they've ever seen some of these options. So being able to tease out what they like, and then it kind of gives us, okay, option three, what is it that you like and don't like? You know, some of the things that you said, and granted before that, there's the questions of what do you want your students to do that they aren't doing right now? Um, So we have that list of like, what are the features? What are the tasks that you are wanting that child to do? And everyone is very opinionated. I've never had a a team sit back and say like, "Eh, I don't know. They all have opinions. They all have things that they want to see. So um, I think there's a lot of opportunity, even those staff that feel like, oh, well, Kim's so knowledgeable. They still have very strong opinions about the routines and tasks that their students aren't participating in, or um, they would like to see some improvement. So being able to tie that tool with supporting those students has been really effective that I've seen with other school districts. Everyone has an opinion about how their routines are going and how they so want Jessica. to support their students. Let me just summarize there, make sure I heard you correctly. So um, when you say like everyone has an opinion, could I see it, again in that conversation, this, this this mythical conversation that I've created that Kim is going to have at the beginning of the school year, uh, the PT sitting there going, well, whatever the thing is, it's got to be something they can carry around, right? Because we're going to be working on on taking steps. So put that as a list of consideration. And then Jessica, what I heard you say is like, now we're going to look at the different things and go, well, which thing can they carry around? Oh, maybe we should be thinking of what are straps look like, or at least it's a conversation. We've, we've listed it now as something that we have to talk about. And then you look at the systems after you've made a list of what the, um, what the tasks are, is that mm-hmm. or what you want the thing to do, right? Did I hear that right? Yes. Yes. 